This is the Humerian Health Podcast. Spilling our guts for the well-being of yours. The Humerian Health Podcast post blog pause That's 2018. Right. That's right. And I'm really sad I didn't get to go, actually. We'll I heard there sure, were lots we'll sure, of we'll make sure. fun things. Really? I, yeah. We'll make sure. I, would, I love dogs. Yeah. So, and cats. Yeah. And they cats and they had rat? A rat? <laughs> yeah, they had a, a rat. rat, a rat, a pet rat, and there was a few other things. It awesome. was it was kind of an awesome. interesting thing, yeah. Yeah. But uh, we didn't get a chance to interview everyone that we wanted. I know. To. Imagine that we ran out of time, and yeah. there were hundreds of people we wanted to talk to. Yeah, and for <laughs> those that um, don't understand, the whole purpose of this is just simply that Humarian feels that blog bloggers uh, are out there independently trying to do a good job trying to help people and we want to do a very small 10 to 15 minute education about them that they can post to you and that can be posted with the blog post site and that you guys can share of other bloggers that are doing things different than you that is going to be advantageous for your 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 readers we learned a ton and so why not share it that's it so so you're going to see a series of those continuing of people that either were able to attend blog pause but we didn't get a chance to interview them or those that didn't get a chance to be there but were signed up to go looking forward to it let's jump right in This is Amy Baker. I'm here with the Humerian Health Podcast. I'm also with Dr. Sean Benzinger. Oh, yes, you are. Always going anywhere without me. I know, right? And today we're excited to have Sam Ratcliffe with us from Vegas Rock Dog Radio. Hi, Sam. How are you? I am well, and thank you for having me on the podcast. Yes, we're so excited to learn more about your program and just the impact that you're having and um, share it with all of our, our, our pet people. Yeah, but I've got, I got to know how you got a radio show for dogs. I mean, how'd that happen? <laughs> yeah. Oh, gosh. It's kind of a long story, but I'm going to, I'm going to condense it down. Okay. Uh, I started a clothing company for dogs 12 years ago oh. called Vegas Rock Dogs. And it blew up lots of celebrities buying from us and a lot of press, constantly on TV, radio. And then a lot of rescue groups reached out to us and say, oh, can we get a basket from you? Can we get, you know, some clothing to, you know, raffle off, auction off? You know how that goes. And then Mm -hmm. I've always been in TV, radio, theater production. So they would go to these pet events and uh, I didn't like any of them. (laughs) (laughs) I thought they were bored. I thought they were boring. Right. And so I started there producing my own events. And uh, we're the original Yappy Hours. Uh, we are the originals. We own own that name. Good. So Yappy Hours. Small events. Love it. Yep. And they got, they got bigger. And then from there, it was, well, what are we going to do next? You know, so I got involved with a lot of rescues, started helping them fundraise. And then the next thing, you know, is this opportunity comes up. Do you want to do a radio show about dogs? And and that's where it went from there. Oh, and uh, I I did have a partner at the time, and uh, eventually she said, ah, "This is too much for me. You know, this is the weekends. <laughs> I want my yeah. weekends off." Right, right. And so I took over the whole show, renamed it Vegas Rock Dog Radio, and um, a little bit beyond the radio thing, we've we've been filming an online TV show as well, which we have yet to finish. Nice. But uh, it, it just keeps snowballing. Yeah, <laughs> as time goes great. on. And is the TV program yeah, so called the same, uh, Vegas Rock Dog TV? No, I changed the name for the show. I called it the Rock and Roll Pet Show. 
and then it was more inclusive of all animals, yeah. and uh, it just opened everything up a little bit more. So yeah, it's, it's been an interesting journey over the last 12 years, that's for sure. That's great. Well, tell us a little bit about the types of folks that do listen to your program, and, and what, what are you sharing with them? What impact are you able to, to have on them? Well, I feel like there are a, there are a lot of pet shows out there, but I really feel like we've got some super serious issues, really serious issues going on in the animal world right now. Obviously, welfare, the way animals are trapped. Right. Uh, nutrition is a big one. Uh, training. I think training people are starting to go, hmm, that doesn't look like a good training method. Mm. Uh, they're getting more curious. So I, I, I would say over the last year, we've really tackled some very serious topics. Uh, I'm not fearful at all <laughs> to <laughs> tackle them to sometimes call out, you know, certain practices of certain people, certain organizations, those kind of things. Mm. Because I, I really feel like if I'm going to do a radio show, I better have some kind of service and meaning behind it and some research. You know, it's got to be of use to somebody. So it, although the show is fun because uh, I've got that kind of personality, I like to have fun, but every show covers a really serious topic. Uh, nutrition has been massive. Uh, over the last two years, as the training, people really piquing their interest, they're curious, they're questioning what they've done in the past and go, oh, was that the right way to train? Because now there's bits and pieces popping up on the horizon. Mm -hmm. And so I, I just want to make sure that I can put out topics that no matter what show you listen to, you come away with some piece of current information or research so that you can better the lives of your pets and have better relationships with them as well. Yeah, yeah that makes sense. And, and it, it just, you, every um, organization, every um, situation needs an overviewer, someone who's saying, yeah, but does that align? Does that work? Are you sure? Asking questions yeah. to make sure that we just don't go running off with the next great idea without any kind of uh, support uh, documenting that it's yeah. actually beneficial for the animal. And you know, in this field, as in humans, as well as anything, it's it's really a common problem. So it, it makes sense, and it now also makes sense why you pull your audience so often to be able to kind of feel where they're at. Is that what you're doing? Well, this this is it. I mean, I find one, it's great for finding out. I, I would say a gap in their knowledge or what they're curious about. And often it's quite shocking and surprising what little people know or what they think they know about a topic. Right. I recently did right. one about um, pet shampoos. A lot of research, a lot of reading labels, understanding ingredients, contacting companies. And as you know, with a lot of, uh, you know, the pet industry, it's, there's a fair bit of, misrepresentation, yeah. um, I, I feel like a little bit of trickery, as sure. I like to say, you know, Absolutely. to get people to believe what's on a label. And I polled, uh, I polled my audience, I polled friends, and I, all I asked was, what are you shampooing your pets in? And the interesting thing was, it wasn't just brand names, and I researched every single brand that they mentioned. It was, I would get these comments like, you know, it's good for the environment. Yes, um, it's good not point. tested on animals. Uh, it's not tested on animals. But what no one mentioned was, <laughs> is it actually good to put that on my pet? And yes. I thought that was, that was to me was really surprising. Yeah. Really surprising. Mm -hmm. And it's like, well, can, can we not get a product that is all three? Or at the very least, it doesn't harm our own animals. Right. And um, out of all of those people, and there was a lot of people, there's only one person that was using a product that was actually safe 
and they were dousing them in cancer-causing chemicals. Mm. And again, an eye open to the audience because, you know, I'm having to explain labels and say, if it's a derivative of coconut oil or coconuts, it's not what you think it is. That's actually the culprit of why you're having all these problems with these pet shampoos. So the polling is really, really important. And I say sometimes surprising, you know, where the focus was environment. It's It's not tested on animals. But they never question what it did for their own pet. Yeah, and, and you know, it seems and, uh, a little bit odd. I know that shampoo for humans, oddly enough, they try it on humans. Uh, you would think that they would at least try it on dogs and cats to see if it actually works on dogs and cats. So that's kind of humorous. Exactly. Like they, We don't test it on your animal, but it's you can use it. That doesn't make any sense to me. I guess the humans, we, can, makes, we can do that on. Yeah. It makes no sense. And when I started researching the human shampoos, oh, that that was a scary. That was scary in itself. <laughs> I believe um, it. There, there was a there was research on a hundred shampoos in California, and I think it was, ooh, it was high nineties of how many had cancer causing chemicals in them. That, that makes and, all uh, sense in the world. Yeah. yeah, and and you know, and I and I feel like there's there's very little truth in advertising in nope. products anyway. Because they don't have and to. regulation. Don't have to. So you're you're right, you're you're right for you know someone saying, and this is a little tricky too when yep. I contact the companies and said, are you certified USDA organic? And they go, we need the USDA organic standards. And I said, are you certified? Yes. Because you didn't mm-hmm. tell me anything. Hundred percent. And. And and that's I think that's the thing that kind of fuels me for the show is oh, yeah. the dishonesty, the the the, the uh, deceptive way of describing products and the claims. And I just feel like this show I need to straighten that out for everybody. Very good. I mean, <laughs> honestly, what a yeah. what a great great service. And and I hopefully we're going to be able to help you even continue to grow because it's exactly what needs to happen. I the manufacturers, uh, the one that I love when you call them and ask them if they're certified, they say, we follow all the certification guidelines. I go, yeah, you're not certified. (laughs) And 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 I've went through that recently as I'm screening through CBD oil because everyone's making it. Oh, yeah. I mean, grandma's making it in her backyard in Idaho, I think, (laughs) and and putting it out because everybody can grow it and everybody can make it. But the point of it is is they don't have much certification. Yeah, Yeah. so I'm, I'm down to about six or seven that are actually good and safe right and you know and is it extracted the butane or is it with co2 yes absolutely see sam you are on it yeah i love it (laughs) i feel like we need to go to vegas and be on a research hey i'm gonna be out in vegas in in the end of june Uh, we'll come on and talk about cbd oil oh my gosh that'd be awesome are you are you in for super zoo i am Oh, perfect. So let's meet up. Most definitely let's meet up. Okay. We'll, we'll, we will make a plan to do that after we're done with <laughs> today's say, program. Mm, off the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's good. Yeah. It's good. Hey, setting up a date on the program, right? Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I'm going to be there on the 26th, 27th. We'll talk after, and we'll, we'll, we'll uh, set up a time, and I appreciate that. But um, fantastic. Now we we talk about five freedoms of animal welfare. 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 What did you, were you going to say? Welfare. I was gonna go, you were going to say fart. I was in Kentucky last you? week. <laughs> I thought you were going to say. Strange. No, I wasn't going to say that. <laughs> I knew you were going there. I know. That's not good. We talk about poop a lot here. So yeah, that's just right. Yeah, kind of happens. It's kind of a bad thing. <laughs> um, so, uh, but you do a lot to help the um, uh, the programs that are helping dogs that are underserved and, 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 and struggling. And um, let's just I talk do. about some of the standards that you have kind of found are of value and purpose in that area. 
Well, I think if we follow, and a lot of people aren't even aware of the five freedoms um, of animal welfare, that they do apply worldwide. Uh, it's not just to some countries and not others. I mean, you, you often hear, oh, that's how, but that's how they treat animals in India, or that's how they treat animals in Mexico. What do you sure. expect? Sure. Like, what I expect is the five freedoms to be applied throughout the world. It's it's a standard of care that if, if it's applied, then we are obviously going to improve animal welfare. Um, it's science-backed, and it's tracked as well. So, and it's always from the animal's perspective. And I always enjoy this conversation, even with my fellow animal advocates. You know, I, I'll give them an example and I'll say, okay, let's talk about the five freedoms. And one of them is, you know, freedom from discomfort uh, or an appropriate environment to live in space, shelter, uh, the comfort of a resting place kind of thing. And I'll say, okay, so we've got a, a dog in India that's roaming around on the beach and it's got freedom of space, you know, and they've got a dog in America that's in a crate. 12, 13 hours a day. Right. Just on that basic principle of, you know, space, comfort, uh, a good environment, which dog's better off than the other? Yeah. And it's mm-hmm. interesting because people can't look at that one issue. They'll say, yeah, but the dog in the, ca- the crate, that knows it's going to get food every day. It's going to get water. No. <laughs> Let's hmm. scale it back. We're just talking about that freedom of space. Right. And I go, the dog in India is better off because it can roam around, they can go to the bathroom, and and he starts starts to make people think differently. And I say, from your perspective and what you think the dog thinks it's going to get as far as meals in addition to being in a crate, this is about from an animal's perspective. And when you take it from an animal's perspective, whether it's are they fearful, are they distressed, um, are they exhibiting normal behavior, do they get to interact with their own kind? Uh, are they free from pain, injury, and disease, then you are going to think very differently about animal welfare and what they need. And, and the goal is to make sure they have all five freedoms, mm-hmm. not four and they're in a crate. <laughs> you know? Right, yeah. good, point. So I, I, Very good point. I, I find that, you know, and because it's, I did some education with the University of um, Edinburgh, and it was basically on um, animal welfare and cognitive behavior, behavior. And when you start applying those, you do think differently. You do apply yourself differently. And this can, this can extend to, and it should extend to, rescues. I work with uh, 27 rescues right now in Vegas. And I often wow. look and go, ooh, they don't know much about nutrition. They don't know much about training. They don't know much about, you know, this, that, and the other. Yet they're, they're hands-on with these animals. And they need a big educational component when it comes to those freedoms. Now, they are, they are science-backed. They are monitored, they are tracked, and they can say, you know, mm, you know what, chickens in, a, in, a, uh, in an enclosed area where we only give them 20 square centimeters to live in, mm. this is how mm. they behave. Right. It's not good for their welfare from what we've observed. How do we change that? Correct. So I think once you apply those, then you'll see that improvement in their lives worldwide. And, and that's, what I, that's what I would like to see is these principles applied in every arena, mm-hmm. whether it's for farm, farm animals, whether it's for stray animals, whether it's for animals in rescues and animals in the home. And I think we would definitely improve from that point forward and people start to think about it from the perspective of the animal. I agree. And I think what's uh, valuable is that this is easy to apply and they are very basic rules 
They are un, not yeah. unruly, uncanny, or unapplicable uh, yeah. in almost every setting. Because right. half the time, anytime somebody comes in with an idea, they it's it's 27 pages long, and it's literally impossible to. And then they just yeah. hammer at you. And the, the truth is that that never gets us anywhere. So to have simplistic rules, I could see program after program that you keep coming back to this, I would think. Because it's the basics that are going to drive home a point that people can remember, number one, and apply, and yeah. they know they can yeah. do. Yeah. Because if they can't, they aren't going to yeah. change anything. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I want to work with, as I say, I, I'm on the board of Rocky for Rescue, so we raise money all year round. We never stop raising money, but we actually, we're actually in a unique organization where we actually support animal rescues financially, with supplies, and I say 27 at this point in Vegas. We did some outside of Vegas as well. And I'm, and I'm in contact with these people, and I'll, there are points where I go, oh, oh, my gosh, we really need to get some education going for these, these rescue people. Because I know people do it out the kind of the heart, but that's not that could also be dangerous. <laughs> it could also yeah. be dangerous. And so I think learning these five principles and what they mean from the animal's perspective, they would all do a better job. They really, really would. And uh, I think there's a big gap in the educational component of rescue, Agreed. a huge gap. So, and, I do, so, I, and I think we need to improve upon that. Yeah. So are the five um, freedoms, are those listed on your website so that someone can get a like a start on understanding what those are? Or where would they find them? You know, then... They're not, but I will put them on my site. Yeah, and I'll throw them up on my. i throw them up on my social media as well. I mean, and, and like you say, they're simple. You know, freedom from hunger and thirst, discomfort, uh, pain, injury, disease, uh, being able to be normal, be, be to be a dog, to be a cat, to be a cow. Mm-hmm. You know, and of course, you know, freedom from fear and distress. Yeah. And, and that's a big thing to me at this time of year: the distress and fear, because. Already, I've probably called the cruelty unit four times already for people leaving their pets in hot cars. Oh, Even though yeah. we've got a law and you can't leave them in a the hot car, yes. people say, but it's not that hot. And I go, but let me talk about fear and distress. Mm-hmm. Your dog is frightened. It can't believe that you left it behind. Why would you leave it in, in a state of fear and distress, let alone the temperatures? So I, I think people overlook their overall wellness in those kind of situations. So yeah. just, oh, it's not that hot. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's just not For about sure. the heat and killing them in the heat, but it really is about how they're re- reacting to that environment that you place them in. And so, uh, so yeah, I mean, it's, it, we have a campaign every year that we push, which is, you know, I'll never leave my pet in a hot car, take the, take the pledge. Mm-hmm. And we, we, we're doing well with it, you know, but it's still, I mean, we have people that leave kids in cars here you know, in summer, yeah, which is yeah. And every year you see several deaths and it's just frightening. Yeah. yeah. It really is. It's just awful. But I, I really feel like people need to honestly look. I think they just, they, they trivialize, you know, the, a frightened dog. I mean, you've seen the videos you know, when someone slapped a dog on its back and they've covered it in tennis balls and just by body language alone and you watch that video go, That is a fearful dog. Yeah. So people think it's cute. Yeah. And if uh, you mention that it's it's fearful, then they're like, Oh, you're ridiculous for caring. Yeah. And I, I feel like they trivialize yeah. you know, that part of how people treat animals. Yeah. Well there's so much good information that sounds like that you are putting out on your show but also in social media so just for our listeners is there i mean i'm guessing you're on probably every social media channel but they can find you on on at like literally every channel or where should they go look for you online literally every channel yeah instagram pinterest twitter you name it i'm there okay (laughs) okay good so hit your favorite social media channel put in vegas rock dog radio and you will find sam and her great information you will find 
Perfect. Yeah, you'll find it quite easily. Well, cool. Sam, thank you so much for being on. We'll have this available for you through uh, Christine Conlon. will be in touch with you. Um, but we want to thank you for being on. Thank you so much for inviting me. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thanks, Thanks. Sam. Interesting. Always good times at Blog Pause. Yes, <laughs> if they could have been there. Well, I know. Some were yeah. and some weren't, but, I mean, we're super excited to get yeah. to have these folks join us for a short little snippet, yeah. share about what they're passionate about. Just to promote them. Just, just an education you know for our listeners. Doing. So, yeah. And they're doing cool stuff. They really are. All of them are, for sure. So we have a whole series of these. They are available on humarian.com slash blog pause. Um, we will continue to update that page as we have the opportunity to talk to these folks over the next couple weeks. So we're excited about that. And as always, you can check us out on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, or just our straight-up regular website, humarian.com. Amy Baker, Dr. Sean Benzinger. Humarian Health Podcast. Spilling our guts. For the well-being of yours. That's right. Thanks for having the guts to listen to the Humarian Health Podcast. Make sure you follow us on social media. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Humarian Health. If you have things you'd like to gut check, send us an email at gutcheck at humarian.com. Thank you.